I'm Jim and this is On The Left Side, The Funny Football Show. The full-time whistle and Solskjaer has won it and you've heard that somewhere before. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Please make sure you hit subscribe so you can get the next episode as soon as it's ready for free and go on. Give us a little review while you're there. That's if you like what you hear. But let's crack on because there is only one place to kick off this week because it all kicked off in the Champions League. There is no doubt about it. The big talking points in football this week came in the middle of the week as Manchester United booked their place in the quarterfinals of the Champions League in spectacular style. It wasn't just that United did something that has never been done before in overturning a 2-0 first leg deficit to proceed, but more the fact they managed to do it with a midfield that consisted of Fred, McTominay and Pereira. That is truly impressive. Although I do think Neil Curtis in the Sun may have been overhyping events slightly when he claimed that this moment gave United their greatest ever Euro win since 1999. Because a last 16 win against PSG is a far more important achievement than, I don't know, winning the bloody thing in 2008? But yeah, I'm sure you can display that getting to the quarterfinals trophy on an open-top bus at the end of the season. It was a massive game and a massive result, but not as massive as the Peracajonas on Marcus Rashford as he stepped up to smash home the injury-time penalty that saw United claim passage to the next round. His first ever for Manchester United. A winner that saw a reaction like this from Manchester United midfield man-child Jesse Lingard. Is he happy or in pain? I'm pretty sure it's similar to the reaction he had when he had a brick put through his coach window outside Upton Park a few years back. There's a man who's struggling to keep a lid on his emotions. I wonder if he reacts like that to everything. I'm sorry, Jesse, but we haven't got any Pepsi. How about you try Coke? The last-minute winner didn't please everyone, however. PSG striker Neymar, for example, wasn't best pleased about the penalty, or the VAR decision that resulted in the penalty, or the supposed handball that led to the VAR decision that resulted in the penalty in the first place. The Brazilian, who was out with a foot injury, took to Instagram after the game to share his very measured and considered reaction to the call. Which read, This is a disgrace. They put four guys in a VAR room and they don't know anything about football. To keep looking in slow motion, how is he supposed to put his hands behind his back? Fuck off! It's no wonder that Neymar's got a problem with VAR though, is it really? His diving and rolling around on the floor is going to look pretty silly when viewed in 4K super slow-mo, isn't it? It was a dive. It was 100% a dive. Don't worry, mate. You'll soon be back to playing... Uh, hang on. Who did PSG have this weekend? Dijon. As in the mustard. Fair enough. I'd be pissed off if I had to play football against a condiment too. And at halftime here in Bordeaux, is ketchup un, uh, creme de salad non. Back to the studio. To be fair, Neymar wasn't the only one who seemed a little bit miffed about the handball and VAR in general. VAR has been introduced to clear up uncertainties in the game. All it really seems to have done is add another uncertainty into the game. What actually is handball? Does it have to be deliberate? Does it 
have to give the player an advantage? Does it have to be an unnatural movement? Does a player have to jump with his arms by his side? If that's the case, then surely jumping in the air with your arms by the side is an unnatural movement. Let's take it back to the playground rules, where the only real handball was when Big Dave picked up the ball and stormed back to the cloakroom because someone had distracted him when he was through on goal by telling him he smelt of poo. That's real football. Look, I've got a copy of the official rules here, which clearly state what handball is. But I'm not going to look at them because no other fucker has. It would seem that VAR, far from clearing up these decisions and taking the pressure off the man in the middle, has just given fans another reason to slag off referees, which was inevitable. There's always going to be some way a losing team can blame the referee for their poor performances because, let's face it, refs just don't get any credit, ever. You hear loads of songs about the wanker in the black, but never once have I been to a football stadium and heard anyone chanting The referee's amazing! The referee's amazing! Speaking of terrorist chants, the Stone Roses slash Waterfall slash Ole's at the Wheel song from United fans has been one of my favourites this season. And I think Ole himself might be trying to engineer another Manchester classic in his name. The Sun this week ran a headline in the wake of the victory over PSG that read... Ollie takes Lucky Suit to cleaners as United Aces have day off. Lucky Suit? Doesn't that just show the difference between them and us? I've got a pair of lucky pants. Ole's got a whole bloody suit. But a champagne-soaked suit? Am I the only one that's missing the obvious subtext here? I can just imagine the conversation when he booked it in to be cleaned. Hey, I'd like to book my suit in to be cleaned, please. Yes, it is champagne soaked. All over it. I'm afraid it is over the whole thing. Yes, it is champagne soot all over. Champagne soot all over. At the end of the day, as far as United fans are concerned, he can have as many songs as he likes because there is only one man for the Man United job now. A sentiment that was summed up by Gary Neville as he chatted to Solskjaer in his post-match chat. Gonna three very quick questions okay. for you. How long would you like on your contract? <laughs> what would your salary like to be? And where would you like the statue? <laughs> Fantastic night, eh? Great sentiment, and it summed up perfectly how fans feel. But you kind of fucked up the second question, didn't you, Gaz? What would your salary like to be? Does his salary even get an opinion? Does he get to choose how big or small it is? Or does he mean like when you ask a kid what they want to be when they grow up? Mm-hmm. Never mind, eh? Live TV can be a difficult beast to tame. Just take this example from Leeds United TV this week. Yeah, I know. Leeds United have a TV channel. Still, check it out. But like I said, the subtle little movement straight away from Luke Ayling. Fuck bollocks. <laughs> Fucking hell. Fuck's sake. Get lost. Get lost. <laughs> <laughs> have, you t- have you had to sing your iTunes thing off? Amazing. It's the most Yorkshire reaction to a piece of technology going tits up ever. I imagine it's also quite similar to the conversations that were going on in that VAR control room in Paris on Wednesday night. Eber, gummer, think it's were a ball. Maybe they should have just asked Bielsa to help him out. There's a man who can rock a PowerPoint presentation. For United, however, the difference between Ole three months into the job and Jose three seasons into the job is night and day. Solskjaer has done what Jose said was impossible, and all without throwing a single player under the bus. 
Anyone would think that the difference in style, atmosphere and excitement would be enough to put any club off ever hiring Jose Mourinho again, but apparently that just doesn't seem to be the case. After Real Madrid crashed out of the Champions League at the hands of Ajax, rumours circulated that the Galacticos were looking for a new man to steer the ship and Jose was top of the list. This comes in the same week that Jose started fluttering his eyelashes at Roman Abramovich too, after claiming that coming back to Chelsea for a second spell was the happiest moment of his career. He's just like one of those loser ex-boyfriends. Gets kicked out by his current squeeze, and the next day is knocking on the door of an ex, begging them to take him back. Then he's kicked out of there, and he's back into his little black book to look for his next stop. Are Real Madrid really desperate enough to go back to the busted flush one? According to this excellent analogy from Matt Steed on Football 365, they probably are. Real have spent around $180 million over the past three years on a loft conversion and conservatory, only to discover that their living room is ablaze and their kitchen has been ransacked. It's brilliant, and it sums up the lack of forward planning at the Spanish Giants perfectly. But still, is Jose really the answer? If the living room is ablaze then hiring Jose isn't like calling the fire brigade, it's like calling a plumber. A plumber that tells you that it's your own fault, you need to sack your club doctor, and can he please have 45 million quid for the privilege? So, just like a normal plumber, I guess, but maybe a bit cheaper. That's it. Thank you very much for listening to the show. I hope you liked what you heard. If you did like what you heard, please give us a review on iTunes. Please tell your mates and help us grow the podcast. And most importantly of all, make sure you have clicked subscribe however you get your podcasts so you don't miss the next episode because I'd hate that to happen. Thank you very much and I will see you next week. A goodbye. On the left side is written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salveson. That's it. That makes no sense. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about there.